Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. Uh, At this point, I invite you to open up your Bibles to the very last uh, passage in there, uh, Revelation chapter 22. We're going to be looking at verses 16 through 21. Um, This is going to be opening up our Advent series. Um, The title for this Sunday is Our Hope or our future hope, what we look towards. Our Advent series is called Our True Hope, looking at where our our truest hope lies uh, centered in Jesus. Um, Our hope isn't just the fact that Jesus uh, lived and died. It's not just in his uh, life, death, resurrection, and ascension, uh, but it's also in this fact that Jesus will uh, return uh, and set all things right And this comes up um, quite openly and clearly in our passage today. Uh, Before we read, let's turn to God in prayer. Gracious God, sometimes we see your hand in little events, and sometimes we see it in the broad sweep of history. Stir our hearts that we may be people of hope. Help us to seek you in your word. And keep us from growing weary as we wait, that we may not miss the glory of your appearing. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony of the churches. I am the root, the offspring of David, and the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, if anyone adds to anything to them, God will add him the plagues described in this book. If anyone takes the words away from this book of prophecy, God will take away from him a share in the tree of life and the holy city, which are described in this book. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Churches with nice cars in their parking lots um, often don't sing about heaven. Uh, This was a statement uh, that was made in one of my regent classes, uh, an observation that one of the professors made. Uh, He was saying that the the nicer the cars were, the the more people that had the the wealth to be able to get the the newest and the best of the brands, uh, the, the fewer songs there were 
about new creation, about this longing for God to come back. Now, he arrived to this conclusion because he was someone that was invited to talk to a lot of different churches in Vancouver. And he, through his experience um, across varied denominations, uh, saw that there was this pattern that emerged. The, the wealthier communities didn't have that same longing in their worship for God to come back. And this stood in contrast to the, the poorer communities that had tapped into this aspect of Scripture and had incorporated it into their worship frequently. They were longing for this time for God to come and to set things right. His statement um, was not that like nice cars were bad things or that to be wealthy is bad. Um, he was very grateful for all the different churches in their diversity. Uh, but he was making this broader observation uh, that a, a lack of diversity in our communities can actually mean that we don't see or highlight different aspects of Scripture that otherwise um, other people can help point us towards. Often, these, these wealthier communities would get so excited uh, about the victory of Jesus, the, the, the power that he has, and his lordship, and these are wonderful things that we want to affirm, but, but it shouldn't stop there. Um, their praise and, and worship only hit on the things that they understood. Uh, they saw the victory and power in their own lives, and that's what they liked and what they wanted to affirm in Jesus. And the call isn't to get rid of these biblical affirmations about who Jesus is, but ensure that we have a balanced diet that reflects all of Scripture. Do we have space in our understanding of Christianity for a longing of Christ's return? Do we long for the second coming of Christ? Do we hunger for new creation where all will be set right? Or, or are we fairly content where we are, not having that specific longing? The direction of this final book uh, this final letter written to the churches is much about Jesus coming and bringing his victory. And sometimes when reading through in the middle parts, we, we get distracted because there's such rich imagery in there and some things that can seem a little bit scary that we don't see where this book ends and where it finishes. Uh, it finishes with this longing for Jesus to come. This affirmation is found there. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. This Advent-like longing is there for God to come and dwell with his people. Uh, we opened in verse 16 with Jesus' words where he names himself here as the offspring of David. Uh, that, that's some intentional language that's being brought in there. Um, aligning himself with the throne of David, this kingdom that would last forever. And that's followed by the naming of himself also as the bright morning star, uh, this moment in, in the night where things are darkest and afterwards the light comes. Uh, to identify with the bright morning star is to identify this, this new time where this light will come and shine again. In response to that, 
The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Uh, there's this enthusiastic response. They want Jesus to come back and to set these things right. And one of the reasons why they can eagerly invite Jesus to come is because they know that this arrival is good news for those who know Jesus. Because Jesus gives this gift of eternal life for all who thirst for it. Now let's look back here again in verse 17. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. Whoever wishes, let him come and take the free gift of the water of life. It is free and it is for all who wish to come. And the cost has been paid through Christ, we are washed clean, and we don't need to fear the judgment in the second coming, but we can look forward to the joy of having that thirst quenched. Um, in some churches, there's this phrase, um, come as you are, and this is meant to be a phrase of invitation that like, we don't have to have our lives all kind of put together, uh, that we can just come in wherever state we are in. Uh, but the book of Revelation kind of takes it a step further here. It's not simply come as you are, but come as how Christ has transformed you. Come clothed with Christ and his righteousness. It's from this place that we can confidently look forward to the words that Jesus gives at the end. So with this in mind, let's look a little bit deeper at verse 20 here. He who testifies to these things, the things throughout the entire book here, says, yes, I am coming soon. And the response to that, the response to Jesus coming soon isn't, ah, no, you can, we, you can wait for a little bit. Like, we're, we're doing fine here. Uh, you can come after a while. Now, the, the response that we find here is, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And uh, looking through the different translations, you'll find that a lot of the time there's an exclamation mark after amen. Uh, this isn't just like this amen that you sometimes hear at the end of a prayer. This is the exclamation that you make, an affirmation of something, this, this amen that comes out after a powerful worship song or a particular poignant part of a sermon. This is that shout of amen that is an affirmation of what came right before it. This amen, come Lord Jesus. And that request for Jesus to come is something that speaks towards this longing, this invitation that's it's aware of the sheer beauty of the return of Jesus, where evil is judged and destroyed where God's presence comes and there is no more evil, no more emptiness, no more feeling lost, no more loneliness, no more separation, and no more suffering. The words, come Lord Jesus, are about an end of the effects of sin in the world. The words, come Lord Jesus, announce that Jesus is coming and there's resounding agreement with it here. Um, there's a lot of different responses to, to suffering in the world. And in the field of apologetics, that looks at just the defense of the faith. You can read uh, some of the different philosophical explanations 
Uh, but I find some of the most powerful explanations to be the ones that look towards what Scripture says in response to the suffering. Uh, we've looked at that in the last couple of months, and we've, we've seen uh, the language of lament to be a powerful response where we can offer whatever our feelings are up before God. But another response in the midst of suffering is this right here. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Uh, these are words that we bring to the events that render us speechless. These are words that we bring when there's nothing else that we really can say, when, when we can't really put a, a positive spin on things. We can join with John, the writer of Revelation, who simply pleads at the very end here, come, Lord Jesus. Uh, this, this second coming of Christ is something that is deeply embedded with um, the Advent season. So this might be a little confusing for some people um, who associate Advent as just the, the prelude for Christmas. Uh, that when Advent comes, it just means that we have uh, Christmas music is allowed to be played. It means that um, we have our little Advent calendars with little prizes and things in it. Uh, it means that we have these pageants and these stories of the telling of Jesus' birth. But in the church tradition, um, it's more than that. Um, Advent is Latin for the word um, arrival. It's to arrive or, or to come. And it's all about this anticipation of the coming Christ, where we align ourselves with the people in that early stories who are just longing for the Savior to come. As Christians, Advent invites us into consideration also of the second coming of Christ, where we see a mirror image in those people longing for their Savior. At the same time, it also points towards Christmas, and, and we see the fulfillment of God's promises. We are given the assurance that when what God has done in Jesus is just the beginning, that Jesus brought healing of the sick and sight to the blind, and that was just a prelude of the full healing of creation that was to come. So if, if Advent is about this arrival, if Advent is about coming, then Revelation is a great place to start for that. Uh, the, the book of Revelation, from start to end, is all about the arrival of God. Uh, we see this right here, the, the last verses here have that affirmation, I am coming soon, amen, come Lord Jesus. But it also comes at the very beginning, and there, it's, it's spattered throughout the 22 chapters. Uh, but since we've already referenced the first uh, verse, I'll just visit that for one moment. Uh, we heard the words of Revelation as we opened our service this morning with God's greeting. Uh, grace and peace to you from the one who is, who was, and who is to come. Uh, that, that name there is actually a very important naming of God. And it's a very specific naming of God, the one who is, who was, and who is to come. Uh, this is a name that mirrors back or looks back to Exodus chapter 3, the story of the burning bush where Moses asks to God to reveal his name and God responds that he is the great I am, uh, or ba basically the verb to be in its essence. And, and as the uh, 
Jewish people looked at this passage over the years, they reflected that, that God is being in itself. Part of what God is revealing is that God is being in its essence, and it's not just being in the present, but it's also being in the past and being in the future. He captures all being. God is the one who is, who was, and who is, or, and who will be. Um, but here, that is taken and it's twisted a little bit. It's not God who is, who was, and will be. Uh, the verb has a change. There's a new word that's introduced here. God announces his name. His very essence is God is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. God is the one who is about to arrive. What he's saying here is that this name change signifies the very essence of God. Part of his very being is God is the one who arrives, who rescues, whose redemption is on the way. And what could be more Advent than that? What could be more about God's arrival? Uh, repeatedly throughout the next 22 chapters, you just get over and over again the sense that God is coming, God is on the way, God will bring his rescue. And if we hadn't gotten that point yet in this very last chapter, in chapter 22, we have three different reminders that God is coming. And here at the end, verse 20, yes, I am coming soon, amen, come Lord Jesus. Um, the, the posture that this book leaves us with and, and that the Bible uh, appropriately finishes with is the posture that we ought to have as Christians and that we're encouraged to cultivate within ourselves during this Advent season. We ought to have a hope of a longing for the second coming. We ought to have a vision towards this time where we can be with God in his fullness. Um, Earlier, there was that example uh, about the worship music, and uh, the, the professor that I knew when he was visiting churches, that was just a very visible way of seeing how people were drawn in worship and, and using particular language and affirming particular things about who Jesus is, but it's not confined to that. That was just a very visible thing for him in the communities that he was a part of. Something that I think we ought to be attentive to it's not just the, the songs that we sing, but, but what parts of Scripture are we reading? Uh, how is this impacting our devotional lives? Uh, what sorts of extra books do we read? Do we actually dwell on what this future hope is that we have? The longing for God's kingdom is something that should fill our whole lives. Do we linger on passages that talk about the final judgment or the expectation of eternity? Do we linger on passages that talk about the new creation? Uh, the beautiful thing about this future hope is that it is more, more certain than anything else that we could possibly have. It's not dependent on our life situation. It's not dependent on our health or, or our finances. There's nothing that can happen to shake or, or to challenge this hope. Not, not even death itself can bring a challenge to this. So the invitation that we have from our passage today is to respond, come Lord Jesus, and, and to use that as another biblical explanation to how we respond in the midst of times of suffering. 
It's a response that acknowledges that things are not right, but there is a promised time where things will be made new. Uh, with that, I just want to take a moment to recognize some of the specific places where we may have turned and used this type of language. Uh, the one, perhaps most obvious, is in the midst of the flooding. Uh, it can remind us of our vulnerability. In the midst of fatigue, exhaustion, and lostness, we can use these words. Come, Lord Jesus. In response to COVID-19, in the midst of a global pandemic, we see how arguments are there around different restrictions, the pain that it's caused for those who have lost loved ones, for the pains that it has brought us, we can respond with these words. Come, Lord Jesus. In the past two years, there's also been uh, many other things that have come to the surface in our broader culture. There's been the Me Too movement and the increased awareness of sexual abuses, the growing awareness of racism that's still present in Canada, uh, the reminders of the abuses of the residential schools. We look at all of these things and we respond, come, Lord Jesus. The church um, isn't exempt from this either. Uh, in the past few months, uh, there's been a fairly popular podcast out there called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. It looks at a particular church in Seattle and the abuses of power that took place there. Uh, in the past couple of years, there's also been um, examples of abuses from trusted Christian leaders. So when we hear of sexual misconduct from people like the famous church planter and mega church pastor Bill Hybels, or renowned apologist, um, world-renowned apologist Ravi Zacharias, there seems to be no shortage of stories of brokenness in this world. And we hear these reports and we acknowledge the hurt and the sin that is present, and we respond, come, Lord Jesus, Bring an end to the hurt and evil. So I, I invite you to take these words and to be able to incorporate them into your prayer life if you haven't already. They don't give an explanation to our suffering, but they do provide a response. They do provide a direction and place our hope somewhere. Now, of course, uh, that's not all uh, we are called to do. Uh, we don't just say, come Lord Jesus, as an excuse to say, well, that's fine. Uh, it's all going to be taken care of at the end. We may as well just let it be. Uh, that, that doesn't fit within the story of, of who we are. It doesn't fit within this broader story of what it means to be incorporated into God's people who bring about God's redemption. Because when we speak the words, come Lord Jesus, we're also acknowledging a place that is in need of God's love and God's light. So uh, the, the church in, in, the, in the Bible is often referred to as the body of Christ. The people of church, through the work of the Spirit, were to bring God's presence to the people around them. So in a way to speak the words, come Lord Jesus, into those situations is already to proclaim places that we are meant to inhabit. So looking back on that list of things 
um, for the flooding. We, we can bring Christ with us when we meet the, the short-term or the, the long-term effects of uh, those who have been affected by the flooding. Uh, we also can offer our companionship for the long road ahead for those people. In the midst of COVID, uh, we can continue to imitate the sacrificial way of Christ in protecting and um, offering care for those who are most vulnerable. Uh, we can sacrifice the things that we love on behalf of others. When we hear about the abuses that have taken place, we can take them seriously and we can listen. Even when in the listening we, we see ourselves implicated in what has caused the hurt. We can take steps towards healing and change. We can be listeners of stories of abuse in the church. And we can allow that to help shape us into being a safe space, a space that is open and welcoming and hospitable for all who come. Uh, each, each space gives an invitation, and there's many more that we could draw from, but each one gives an invitation for us to be able to show Christ. It gives a, a foretaste of what is to come when the goodness of God with us is here in its fullness. Uh, so this week, uh, as we step into the Advent season, I encourage you to begin considering, uh, begin with considering the second coming of Christ, to allow that to shape our hope, to ask yourself, is your hope anchored in such a way where we can affirm alongside John these last words here, amen, come Lord Jesus. And lastly, uh, we can take this discerning eye that we bring towards the world and the, the sin that's present there, and we can also bring it and turn it towards ourselves, recognizing our own sin too, our own need to be saved, cultivating within ourselves a longing for the one who comes to save us from our sin. This too will lead us to, it will point us to, direct us to this Christmas joy that celebrates that because of Jesus, the water of eternal life is free and it's available for all who thirst for him. So, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Uh, let's pray. Dear Lord, Sometimes we look out in the world and we just see so much brokenness, so much hurt, uh, that all that we can muster to say is, come, Lord Jesus. Sometimes we look at our own lives and the ways that we have failed, the ways in which uh, sin seems to stick to us. And in the midst of this, we call out, come, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we can call upon you as the God whose very name is the one who is to come, the one who is about to arrive. And as we take time in the upcoming weeks to consider Jesus' first coming and the hope, love, joy, and peace that accompanied it, may it stir up the ultimate hope that we have in you and the healing of the whole world that you have promised. Amen. Thank you for listening. 
We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.